The Green Room with Sean Green is brought to you today by Amazon. Go to SeanTGreen.com and click the Amazon link to support the show today. And now, live from Silver Lake, California, here's your host, Sean Green! All right, everyone, welcome to The Green Room. We're doing it live here on SeanTGreen.com, presented by our good friends over at 247comedy.com. Make sure you check them out. Streaming 24-7. Stand up all over the nation. AM, FM, and the iHeartRadio app. And as my main man Logan said, we are also sponsored by Amazon. I mean, I feel like I shouldn't have to explain Amazon at this point. You go to SeanTGreen.com. You hit the Amazon link. Literally everything you want in retail is right there at your fingertips. Everything I want in a left-hand man and announcer is right here. Mr. Logan Lysico. Logan, what's up, man? God bless America, Sean. How's it going? God bless America, indeed. Now, anything, uh, any reason you decide to uh, start it off on a patriotic tone? I don't know. The first presidential debate's up. I'm getting kind of excited about it because I'm a nerd. You're getting democracy fever? Yeah. This has been kind of a boring election, honestly. Not half as exciting as Sarah Palin going around. Just yeah, we need someone. Mess. Yeah, we need a we need a character to really spice things up. But we do have a, a character in and of his own right, Mr. Ed Greer, stand-up comedian. And, Sean, um, I love, love, love your segues. Sure, man. They're the best hey, in the nation. I'm a dancing monkey. I've, I realize that. Uh, listen, you can you can try and fight it, and you can try and say, "Hey, I don't want to be a." A one-note uh, pony or whatever it is, one-note song, whatever it is. <laughs> is, there, is there an expression like that? One-note yeah. musician? I, I feel like I'm missing a, the expression. I don't want to be a one-horse circus. <laughs> <laughs> well, one-trick pony, I think, was yeah. what I was going after. One-note pony, maybe that's My Little Ponies. They only, you know, they had their little flute there. They only knew one note. I'd imagine they're not that good at playing a flute regardless with the hooves. It's a lot of, it's a lot of work. Well, thanks for coming on the program, Ed. Oh well, I I love to be here with you guys, and I really like uh, I really like the show, and I'm very happy that you partnered up with Amazon because I, I love Amazon myself. Now, what I, do you uh, when you go on Amazon? Do you have like a weakness? What do you like to get? What? Oh, my weakness is on some straight nerd stuff. I like uh, paperbacks, like really old paperbacks that I can get for like fifty cents. I'll buy like twenty of them. <laughs> And get the free shipping, so like I'll get a bill for like nine dollars for like twenty old sci-fi books. <laughs> it's, it's great. And then I mean, I bought uh, Patrice O'Neill's last special. Oh, yeah. on Amazon, and was, you know, so uh, just, yeah. Just I think so much last stuff. time, last time you were here was actually right after uh, Patrice O'Neill unfortunately passed. Yeah, but um, yeah, not to bring things down too much. Speaking of books on Amazon, my cousin, um, he got his. Uh, he's been a, a writer for a long time, and he got his first publishing deal through Amazon. Um, printed it up, and uh, it's part of like a, I think a three-part series. The novel it's called uh, "The Colonel's Mistake." It's about um, I don't know I don't know how to explain the whole thing, but this guy's former CIA agent. All this shit goes down. He's over there trying to straight. It's it's an action like thriller, and he actually went over to Iran to kind of get an idea of what to write about, and it's. I mean, maybe I'm biased because he's my cousin, but I, I thought it was really good. And I can't remember the last time I read a novel. Like I just. I don't sit down and read novels. Like I'll read fantasy football magazines, I'll read the newspaper, I'll read blogs, but to like sit down and read a novel is such a unique experience. But yeah, got through it, and uh, it's a real classic uh, quick read in the sense that it just feels like, oh, hey, what's going to happen next? Turn the page, turn the page. Well, yeah, I think, uh, I, think I'm gonna, it out. I think I'm going to write an action novel myself. Now, 
I don't understand. Like, I, I'm I'm clearly not a nerd. I was just a hardcore jock. <laughs> but what is the what's the difference really between like a graphic novel and a comic book, or is that just something that? Uh, very simply, uh, comic books are like they cost like two ninety nine, three ninety nine now for like twenty four, twenty six pages, something like that, and they come out every like Wednesday and they come out every month. You know yeah. what I mean? And that's that's what comic books are. Graphic novels are those bound together in a big fat book that you can buy for like twenty, twenty five bucks. Oh, that okay. has all these issues in it, like twelve issues of a comic in it. So it's like the same formatting, just the graphic novel. You're getting yeah, more just action. all the ads taken out. You know what I mean? It's like watching a, D- a DVR show, you know what oh, I mean? Okay. Or ne- watching, watching. So you get the whole season on DVD, right? It's the same principle. Now you grew up in Kansas City, right? Yep. How a uh, guy like yourself? How did you get into kind of the sci-fi nerdy type stuff? Like, what what got you sucked in? Um, I don't think I had a choice. You know, I mean, I don't think I had a choice. I, I, I grew up around a lot of jocks. I played football and basketball and uh, all through middle school and high school and stuff. So I'm kind of unique. I'm like Blade. I have, <laughs> I have all nerd strengths and none of their weaknesses. Like, I get laid. I, you know, yeah. I fucking, I'm socially not awkward at all. I mean, you know, doing what we do, we're better at socialization than most regular people. Yeah, you know? exactly. And, yeah. Uh, and I love sports, you know, and it's readily apparent, you know. Yeah, no, that's a that's an interesting thing. So you just there wasn't this kid named Muhammad introduced me to comic books. This this uh, Muslim kid, Muslim, really? as my dad would say, <laughs> this Muslim, Muslim kid uh, <laughs> named Muhammad uh, just showed me my first couple comics, and we went to like a downtown comic book convention, and I just started reading them, and I was like, well, a these are pretty cool stories, and b I get I get what's going on in them, like all this crazy <laughs> shit, and plus being you know an over or underweight child. <laughs> you, you really love power fantasies. You know oh, okay. You love that stuff. I can was see there, that. Was there any like conflict, like when your jock friends found out you were reading it? Was Muhammad a nerd? Was he a jock? Yeah, uh, Muhammad was a nerd. Um, not a lot of jocks named Muhammad back in the day. <laughs> not, not back in the day. Uh, what's well, we interesting? Had Nima on our football team he was pretty bad. <laughs> well, what, what's interesting about about like it's funny when people and this isn't a diss or anything. It's just hilarious to me how like people will be like. Well, why are you so obsessed with the the strengths and powers of these other of these dudes in this like gay universe? They're wearing <laughs> these tight clothes and they're all super. And I'm like, you just watched a whole football game, right? Those yeah. dudes have more powers <laughs> than you. You're obsessed yeah. with their abilities and what their stats are. Yeah, Lawrence Taylor has the ability to process more cocaine than is humanly possible. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a superhero. Yeah. Uh, you know, these guys have ability to get multiple DUIs, beat up their wives, and still walk around a free man. These guys, are li- they have superpowers. No, I know. It is It is so funny just to – yeah, because it's, it's that same kind of thing. Like when you're reading a comic book, you're like, oh, it takes you back to being a little kid. And I think that's part of the appeal of sports is you feel that little kid in you of like, oh, my God, he threw the ball 60 yards. He can do anything. Right, And then right. You, you have to reconcile with the fact that, like, oh, no, that guy's an awful, horrible person who doesn't deserve – oh, they scored a touchdown. <laughs> I can't believe he did that to his wife. Oh, he's the greatest human being of all time. <laughs> well, you know, I think what's funny about sports is it's almost like – it's funny how people think that you could be worshipped for your physical ability since you were 12 and become a good person when you grow up. Yeah. That's like ridiculous. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Right. The fact that all athletes aren't beating the shit out of bitches on a daily basis and doing coke. But the fact that all of them, if you really look at the percentages, let's say 20% of them or 30% of them do bad stuff like that. 
That's still remarkably small for how entitled they've been for fucking ever. Listen, I'm a decently nice guy, and that's just because I'm not a great athlete. If I was a great athlete, <laughs> I'd be telling all you, I'd be telling everyone to go fuck themselves. I wouldn't bother with a podcast. I'm a great athlete. I gotta say though, there's something about being on a team and practicing every day, and if if you have like a coach who's willing, not afraid of you, I don't know. I think that could build some character. Yeah, no, it can, it can build character for the average person, but we're talking about these superstar <laughs> athletes. Right. I mean, even on the middle school level, if there was a kid who had legit pro talent, it's so easy to make excuses or turn a blind eye even when you're first starting out. And then, especially if they come from like an environment where there's not a lot else going on, uh, so you add that into the mix, and now it's just like you're basically a hero because you can do these athletic sports things. So you just ride it. You're like, yeah, fuck, I am a hero. Kiss my ass. <laughs> right. I mean, people people uh, uh, bitch about LeBron so much. It's like the fact that he never did anything bad, bad, other than tell Cleveland to go suck his dick. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Which yeah. isn't bad. That's what everybody says when they're in their right mind. Sorry, right. Cleveland. You know what I mean? It's just like, come on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know what I mean? The, I remember watching him on TV when he was in high school. I mean, that's insane that he doesn't have yeah. the biggest head ever. And his mom, <laughs> like it's nas- it was national news that his teammate was sleeping with his, his mom. mom. Yeah, that's got to bum anyone out. But and, how is he not an insane freak right now? And Delonte West has like herpes sores and stuff. Your yeah. mom was kissing a herpes. Delonte West has a lot going on. You know, you know things aren't going great when you type your name in Google and immediately the first word that's attached to it is herpes, and then right after that is um, LeBron's mom. Yeah, LeBron's mom, and then right after that is getting arrested on a, a motorcycle. He got arrested on a motorcycle. He was driving 110 miles an hour. He had like seven different guns and a knife in his boot, and they like asked him where he was going. He just said for a ride. It's like. Whoa. Delonte West was going to murder someone. On a rampage. Um, I mean, well, I, I, I kind of sympathize with the guy. I mean, I don't really know anything about his situation, but it sounds like the dude has legit mental problems. But it's so funny. Like, even oh, he's guy, depressed. Yeah, he's, he's been diagnosed Yeah, he's got, like, serious, like, depression, and it sounds like schizophrenia or whatever. But it's funny. Like, even a guy like Delonte West, who isn't even the great he's, – he's not even a starter. He's just, like <laughs> – you know he's the, he's the seventh man. He's a backup, uh, you know, guard, and they're still making these acceptances for him, or these concessions. They're still turning a blind eye to a guy who's not even a starter. Well, I saw this one story. The worst, the worst thing I ever saw about ath- an athlete being a crazy fucker was. Do you guys remember um, what was his name? He played for um, Minnesota, and he had a really famous name like Eddie. Somebody else had another name just like him, like Eddie Johnson, Eddie something. Anyway, this guy was Minnesota. Look him up. He's uh, He played for Houston, and he went to Minnesota, and he died in a fire, in an SUV fire. He, his, his SUV got parked on the train tracks or some shit like that. Oh, a and basketball it, player. Yeah. And oh, it, yes. And it, and it blew up, and they said that he was jacking off. <laughs> yeah, he was watching porno yeah. in, his, in, in like the DVD player in the SUV. And, I mean, I, I guess he's got to be wasted, too, or something. Or yeah. maybe that was part of the thrill, park on the train tracks. <laughs> he had his headphones on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, let me see if I can come before this train hits. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've really come a, a long way when now they're passing ordinances to prohibit guys from playing porno in their SC- – have you seen this? Like, occasionally it comes in the news, like, these dudes, um, you know, I don't know who – whatever. It, 
rolling around the Escalades, and they got the DVDs going, and they start playing pornos and stuff. And I guess people complain to the point that there's certain <laughs> townships that now have ordinances saying, you know, in the same way that you can't have, like, really loud music blasting, now they're going to have to, like, regulate what kind of content you can have on your screen. Because, I don't know, I mean, I kind of see the angle. Like, if you're just driving your kids around... And, uh, you know, some NBA yeah. player's got his windows down and just this hardcore girl-on-girl scene. You know, you don't want to have to explain the bees and the bees to your six-year-old daughter. <laughs> the bees and the bees. Well, yeah, oh, you, wait, I guess the bees... The what birds, is the... Uh, the in the, the birds and the bees, what is the male? I'm guessing the bee because he is a stinger. I don't know. The bird, what... Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah, get that metaphor other... at all. Like, what, a bird? I don't get it. No, it's, looked... it's really the worst example because you're saying like, oh, you're a bird, and then you have intercourse with a totally different species. I feel like you're already stepping off on the wrong foot. It's like right. you really should just say the dad bee and the mom bee come together right. to f- create pollen and honey, and that's how you were born, and we don't need to talk about it anymore. Oh, but that, that's the thing. Like with, with, with bees and stuff, it's like, okay, so the bee jizzes stuff all over the flower, and like other bees get it, or however that happens. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, <laughs> Right, we're clearly scientists. No, they're, they're predominantly all, they science all podcast. Clean guys, duh. They're all. They're I could not tell you all the babies. It is funny, like birds. Does and, she gangbang them? Yeah. She has this giant yeah, bee gangbang at all times. Well, they don't call it that, but yeah, it's, it's implied. What it is. Well, that's the thing. I could, you know, the the metaphor is the birds science. and the, the birds and the bees. But I couldn't tell you how birds or bees actually have sex or create babies. So I feel like right because then. Uh, that's the worst metaphor to use. You should use something that's really obvious. How it just should be like, uh, well, you know how the dog really likes the table legs sometimes, because that's like something the kid is witnessed. Right. He knows what's <laughs> going on. Sometimes daddy really likes table legs, but instead of table legs, replace your mom. I feel like that might be a little <laughs> bit easier to explain. Well, wait, but uh, that's how girl. you say it after you divorce them. I was like, replace your mom <laughs> with exactly. a hot bitch from my office. Yeah. Yeah, she's basically a human coat rack. Uh, the dog is the dog is going to take a liking to her. Oh, Hilarious. Now, uh, Logan was uh, – we started the podcast off. Logan was talking about getting election fever. Ed, I know you're a uh, hardcore Republican, big Mitt Romney yeah. fan. What does Mitt yeah. have to do to uh, win this election? Um, well, I think <laughs> some black face paint would do. I, th- I think if he Al Jolson's it up, he might trick them into thinking there's another black candidate. Throwing a Jerry curl. <laughs> yeah, I would yeah. bet he can't do a good impression of a black guy. That's just my. I, yeah, I would. I would. I would lay down a fat bet. <laughs> well, on he's that. almost Mitt Romney is almost the impression. I feel like when yeah. bla- when black <laughs> like comedians that. do impressions of white guys, <laughs> they're just basically doing Mitt Romney. Like every BET comic in the early '90s that did an impression of a white guy, basically just. Mitt Romney took that and was like, oh, that's a solid personality. That's what I'll go with. <laughs> well, I mean, this is my only thing, and, and it's probably been ran into the ground by so many different people, but I, I honestly am a freak about politics. Like, to me, on some very real shit, I think there's like seven, eight people who really own America. Nice. And they do this bullshit shell game with these different people. Like, if you think about it, everything that Democrats stand for – got shot in the face under Clinton's watch. That NAFTA shit, which has shipped American jobs off to every other fucking country but America, mm-hmm. was passed on a Democrat's watch. Democrats are supposed to be all about like the unions, all about the Americans being able to make a living wage. Republicans are the ones who are supposed to be like, man, fuck a union. What, you stack <laughs> battery covers all day? You want to make $20 an hour? <laughs> fuck you. Malaysian embryos can do this way better, and I'll make more money. There was a, just real quick sidebar, mm-hmm. there was... 
Of course, we all know the uh, replacement ref debacle. We'll get to that. We'll get into that maybe a little mm-hmm. bit later. But one of the one of the um, one of the guys that I guess there was some big teachers union uh, issue in Wisconsin, and one of the guys who was like one of the politicians I think that was like pivotal in breaking up the teachers union was also like the first dude to complain about these replacement refs. Like he was like, <laughs> it's oh, like, God. oh yeah, so you're not a pro unionized labor anymore, are you? When it comes down to Dude, that 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 just shows you how two faced people are. You know what I mean? And how much how much things will like I said, there there are people who are virulently defend Democrats and then they'll then they won't see shit like I just said. Like yeah. America Jobs shipped to foreign places. My my dad my dad was a, a union guy his whole life. And he literally that's my example. He stacked battery covers. Literally, oh, there's a cover for a battery. Mm-hmm. I'll stack it up over here. He made twenty bucks an hour in the <laughs> fucking nineties. Well you know, see now do you think no that's, degree, you know? was that was that good or was that bad? Because in a way, maybe that's bad because he, that job was twenty bucks an hour, so maybe he didn't deserve to get paid that much. Maybe he was overpaid because of the union, mm-hmm. and then it's almost kind of these golden handcuffs. Your dad's like, oh, "I'm not going to get education or get a better job because mm-hmm. I'm not going to make more than twenty dollars an hour. I got right. to. I can't just quit this job and go back to school." Well, yeah, I, I think he made more like sixteen, but it was well, still whatever. ridiculous. It was still, like, it was still fucking ridiculous. But the thing I, I'd say is this, though. When you get a group of people who know how to do something, as we saw with the refs, it doesn't have to be some magical shit. Those refs are – some of them are fucking dumbasses. Yeah. But they can see a 300-pound guy grab another 300-pound guy's sleeve in a way that's too detrimental for the other 300-pound guy to do this thing. <laughs> Holding. Bang. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just they, they know how to control the game. They know how to control these guys. I right. mean these pro players just looked at these refs and were like – I mean, these guys weren't respecting substitute teachers when they were in high school. Can you imagine right. <laughs> yeah. substitute referees? They already hated the referees to begin with. That's a funny thing. Like, I'm just – I mean, I'm already angry at the – it was – I watched the Thursday night football game, the, the Ravens and the Browns, and the refs, of course, got a standing ovation when they came back. They're like, yeah, these guys are heroes, yeah. And then two <laughs> plus, literally two plays into the game, they called this phantom holding call on the Ravens, and you just hear this – uh, like they didn't quite boo. Like they gave them like the first quarter, um, but yeah, it's just a sigh. Ref, ref is almost uh, ref. I wouldn't quite say it's as bad as meter made, but it's one of those jobs of like <laughs> who is drawn to that. I, I'm just curious of like yeah, yeah. It's kind of yeah. I mean, on the outside, hey, you want to pay me uh, three grand to ref an Eagles game? First off, I'm gonna make a lot more taking uh, you know being corrupt about it, but. Um, <laughs> Like, who is drawn to that? I mean, these, these refs put in years and years and years. You have to start as a high school ref, a college ref, a low-level right. college, well, and, like, slowly work – like, I what's think, the drive? I think it's the people who aren't quite aggressive enough to be cops. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I want to be in control of something. I want to be in control of something now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm surprised more aren't um, – like, I bet a lot were kids who – I, I mean – it's just kind of my own personal theory, but I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these refs were kids who kind of got picked on in high school, kind of nerdy dudes. A lot of these guys end up being lawyers or, I mean, in the NFL, most of them have pretty decent jobs outside, outside of football. Yeah. So they're kind of nerdish dudes, and there has to be, like you said, there's got to be some thrill in telling these like guys who are making millions of dollars, like, no, I'm in charge, you're wrong. Right. No, I, I think that's very true. But um, you know, getting back to the politics thing um, – I, number one, like so, I say, I think the people who own this country decide, okay, what they want to enact at whatever time. 
Is it universal health care? Is it uh, the New Deal? Is it whatever, 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 whatever? Yeah. I think the president hasn't made a major decision on his own from his own head since uh, since Roosevelt. <laughs> yeah. I think since Roosevelt, that was the last president that was just like out of whole cloth, I'm going to make a decision to make up Social Security or whatever. I'm going to do that. I'm going to make that up and I'm going to enact that. I think he's the last one. Everyone since then has been, just been taking polls and sort of a lightning rod for whatever the people who own this country say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like, why would a Democrat pass NAFTA? Really? Why would they? So fucking, I'm sure, I'm sure it was. Ass. Yeah, so he could get tons of money from corporations, make a great living uh, once he gets outside doing speaking arrangements. I mean, you know, they, they kind of heralded Bill Clinton as a hero because he conceded a lot to the Republicans. It was kind of like a unifier, at least in his first term. Or, right. So maybe, I mean, that's the thing. You can't, you can't really win both ways. You're either unifying by kind of compromising or you're just uh, you yeah. stick to your ideals yeah, you stick to your guns you. and yeah. don't get anything done and the only thing I don't like about Romney honestly I, Romney's got great hair you know what I mean he's got great hair he's, a handsome, he's a handsome guy you know he wears his clothes well looks uh, sharp he looks sharp he's a sharp dressed man uh, the thing that I don't dig about him is I think the least patriotic thing you can do is hide Money from America in regards to your taxes, and I and I saw the thing on I saw even on the Daily Show. The Daily Show reported, uh, as liberally biased as they are, reported that actually he said that thing about only an idiot would pay too much taxes. Well, one year he did. He paid too much taxes. <laughs> you know, he just sort of just filled out the form and he he you know claimed just a couple things, whatever. He actually paid more taxes than he was uh, liable for, and that's awesome. But he also, over the course of the last five or six years, has, has held a lot of income in banks outside the U.S. so he couldn't get taxed on it. It's just like, dude, if you that's the least American thing you can do yeah. is jip out on your taxes to me. No, I mean, I, I agree. It's unpatriotic. But I also know myself and I know human nature. And especially if you're kind of pissed. I mean, who – honestly, when any of us pay our taxes – do you try and pay more taxes or less taxes? I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, you try and pay the least amount of taxes. And I think every a lot of people, the majority of people, justify it by going, hey, the government's going to waste my money anyway. They probably are. And they convince themselves that, like, hey, hiding this income or whatever, whatever I'm doing is not – I'm sure if what he was doing was criminally illegal, he would be in jail, right? Or, I don't know, you wouldn't be – I don't know about jail, but, yeah, doing- he would be in some sort of, uh, some sort of whatever he whatever he did yeah, was for the most part probably legal or legal enough that I'm sh- you know he's such a public figure the IRS would take him down if what he did was illegal or if they had solid evidence that what he did was illegal. Yeah. My point is it's hard for me to criticize a guy when I know I wouldn't be dying if I made four million dollars and I paid two million dollars in taxes. And then they said, well, Sean, you can put some money in some other accounts and only pay $1.5 million in taxes. I can definitely see myself going, you know what? I'm not using $1.5 million in services. I'm driving on the same road. I don't have a kid that I'm putting through school. <laughs> I feel like $1.5 million, I could rest easily no, at night. I, mean, I, I definitely get that. But then you get I mean, that's kind other... of the Republican angle. Yeah, oh, of course. Well, but also you get into other, other stuff, though, like how literally his job doesn't make things. You yeah. know what I mean? The, the way the, right. his money management things. He makes money when companies go down. He makes money regardless of if they succeed or go down. You know what I mean? When he right. comes in with the, the junk takeover jazzes and stuff. And I just believe that the regular American, if they understand anything about economics, 
doesn't respect somebody who gets rich when people get poor. You know what I mean? If you if that's your attitude about shit, if that if you make money when others get poor, how are you going to give a fuck about the average American if you're in control of all America and ostensibly? Because like I said, <laughs> president don't run shit. Yeah. Okay, president don't run shit. Back into the left if you think the president runs shit. The last president who tried to run anything. Payal, right in your brain, you know, and then, I don't even know why they shot Reagan. I think that was a, sh- a sham. Oh, wait, I, I got to yeah, I got to see, I got to see his wound <laughs> <laughs> because he was doing too much stuff that I believe the owners of the country would like. So, <laughs> yeah. it's so like how I'm trying the fuck to help did he even you. Get shot? How did he even the Illuminati? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. I'm on your side. Why are you giving catchers of the ride to that guy? Did you not read the the meeting minutes at the Skull and Bones convention? <laughs> What the hell's going on? Yeah. On the tape, when he got shot, he was like, what? <laughs> like, like, what are you guys doing? Dude, Stop it, picking on me. Like, I'm, I'm trying pay- to help. It's like when the, when the when the whores get busted at the whorehouse in a movie, they go, what are you guys doing here? We're paid up. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, like when that 47% video came out for Romney, I w- people were like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I am, like, totally outraged. And I'm just thinking, no, that's the that's the Republican talking points. Like this is what their parties yeah. – this is what they say is that, hey, we're looking out for people who work for themselves, make their own money. I mean put it this way. Um, generally, rich people like to think that they're rich because of all the hard work they did and all the good choices they made. And that poor people, if they worked harder or made better choices, would be rich like them. Poor people a lot of times end up saying, oh, I would be rich if – you know, I had more opportunities or if I had a better start or my parents had education, I had opportunities to get education. When reality, it's probably a little bit of both. Like, yeah, Mitt Romney probably did work hard, but he was also, you know, started off ahead of the race of a lot of people. And then there's a lot of poor people who are successful because they work hard and are able to achieve. And then there's probably some that don't get the same opportunities or may have been successful. So, no, I think I think anybody intelligent would know that nature and nurture play a big part. Yeah, I mean, in poor people, you... poor people don't want to think, oh, I'm poor because I didn't work hard or because of some personal character flaw. And then rich people don't want to think, oh, I'm rich just because I came from privilege. You know what I mean? Right. So it's they, like yeah. both both ends of the spectrum. Right. And that's the other thing. Like when you're talking about wealth, it is funny. Like everyone in America wants to be rich. Everyone wants to be rich, and then when people get rich or people who are rich, we hate them. Like right. just, but they, we, we can't take that. It's like fat cats. Well, it's just like we love the idea of people making wealth or or just people being wealthy, and uh, yeah. But we're also just insanely jealous. Well, that that's one thing I was I was going to say. Like the reason why to me. The reason why uh, the working poor and the middle class haven't just been totally eliminated is it's it's their job to buy shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's their job in life. Like those people where it's like they go to work, they come home, they're too tired. Yeah, they're too tired to do anything. Other than watch a TV. What? Sony Trinitron. LCD, HDD, blah, 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 all this shit. That's what their job is, to want a great TV, to want the Sunday fucking sports package. (laughs) Hey, leave NFL ticket out of the bed. (laughs) (laughs) To want to go to Baja Fresh and get a burrito instead of rolling it. You know what I mean? But that's their job. That's their job is to buy shit. That's why they exist. It's almost like these fucking vegan douches talk about, save the cows. These motherfucking cows wouldn't exist if we didn't eat them. (laughs) You're not saving their souls. We're not going out in the woods shooting them like bison. Oh, I mean, that's funny because my girlfriend's a vegetarian, and I got her to try a little bit of lobster. 
and she didn't she didn't really like it. She was just like, um, we got or I got it from Maine, and I was like, oh, you you know, she's like, all right, I'll try because it's like, oh, lobster from Maine, you got to try it, blah blah blah, and then she didn't really like it or whatever, and I was like, hey, if it's any consolation, the lobster was dead regardless, and she's like, no, I don't really see it like that, but there is some there is something of like. Hey, this fucking whether you eat this, whether you go to McDonald's or not, this hammer is getting made. I mean, you can you can act like you're making a difference, and I guess if it happened on a large scale. But let's be honest, people can't make a difference. All right, that's why <laughs> that's why, that's that's the whole point of life. You realize you can't make a difference, and then that's why a lot of people don't vote, or a lot of people don't make a difference. <laughs> well, well, and and the one thing I would say in regards to the, the difference making, like I said, uh, the what you said something very telling. Everyone wants to be rich, dude. Everyone can't be rich. It's a fact like that, that everyone yeah. can't yeah. be rich. That's a fact. There's not enough money. There's not enough resources in the world for everyone to be rich. So uh, if everybody's chasing something, it's like musical chairs when there's like a 32 million people in four yep. chairs. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's a that's the funny thing is that people are like, we got to get rid of poverty. We got to get rid of. Um, we got to get. We got to help these poor people out. And yeah, that sounds great. But the reality is, poverty and poor. It's it's just it's relative. A, it's a percentage. The poverty is considered the bottom twenty percent. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it'd be great to raise the overall standard of living. But at the end of the day, there's still going to be twenty percent people who are considered poor or in poverty because that's how that's how you that's how you decide who gets what. You know, what I mean, that's how you de- that's how you describe demographics. Well, and I also think uh, I think it's disingenuous for people to compare America to like other countries. Like I know this chick from Sweden. Oh, God. And she's a pretty cool, smart chick, but she's just like, why is America so fucked up? Like in, in Sweden, if you're a single mom, it's not even a big fucking deal because <laughs> the fucking government will like give you money and shit, and like nobody is mad at you for taking money from the government because like so many people are doing it, and like so many people are taxed, and they're still yeah, that worked out for Greece, huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But there's there's still so many mil- there's still millionaires like a motherfucker in Sweden. They still do everything that we do over here on that smaller scale. But I I got a note. It is on that smaller scale. Yeah. These yeah, countries so who do that smaller. shit, they're so much smaller than us that they can afford it. But where in America, I mean, like I said, I maintain, though, it doesn't fucking cost $1,800 to do a fucking MRI. No. It doesn't. This whole healthcare shit, that's, to me, the biggest no-brainer. As long as it's not stealing all my money. And I've, I've, I had to work at a political like organization for a little while and I read probably 14 1500 pages of healthcare documents and stuff there's no goddamn death tribunal no. there's no fucking <laughs> all this is super like oh I'm a team I, I'd be cool shit. with that if I just they're you like know? hey we'll give you a, a hoagie and you just gotta hang out in front of the death tribunal I mean that that would actually then you'd actually look forward to getting jury duty like oh hey I'm on the death tribunal oh awesome oh that guy he's probably a Cowboys fan death yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean Sean, on, you executed 25 people. Uh, here's your $12 jury stipend. <laughs> just, it just you validate so, parking? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, part of the, that's the worst part of the death tribunal. <laughs> yeah, the, dude, people would show up for jury duty. You feel like a Roman gladiator. Right. Just thumbs up, thumbs down. Right. Uh, you rolled an ankle. Mm, thumbs down. <laughs> thumbs down. <laughs> so you you can't play for six weeks? Uh, a splint for my finger. No, I mean, and, and healthcare. The, I mean, we, yeah, we could talk about this all day, but it's like, I, I see both sides of it in the sense that, like, yeah, it would be great if everyone was covered with health care. But then also I do realize that privatization of health care helps spur on, like, research and, you know, the fact that pharmacy – or, you know, that big drug, 
big drug companies are greedy, helps them research new drugs that they can find so that people can get helped out. Because, you know, they want to sell something. But there's, Obviously also, they there's wanna... also science for science sake, though. I, th- I think people are really downplaying science for science sake. I understand yeah. there's money that are involved, but these fucking dorks that want to cure cancer, they're not doing <laughs> it so they could be millionaires. They're doing it so they can swing their big scientist dick around. Yeah, exactly. And go, I cured cancer, bitch. <laughs> fucking Sanjeev Ratyal out there fucking trying to cl- fucking clear cancer. It's not doing it because he wants to get rich. Not really. That's he, true, but you know, he probably gets... I mean, other people on the other side would argue he gets research grants because people are motivated in him. Get outside companies or outside interests are motivated in him. So he, basically, he he gets the lights turned on in his lab because someone would get right. paid if he can figure it out. Right. And also, I, I don't know the logistics of the whole Obamacare. I don't even know if Obamacare is happening. I, and I read the newspaper all the time. I have no idea what's going on with it. Well, they, they put it before the Supreme Court, and I think the Supreme Court – didn't end up invalidating it or saying that it was uh, unconstitutional. I, I personally have a problem with the government making me buy something. But shit, uh, what's the difference with the government making you buy something and the government taking half your fucking money? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, what's exactly. the fucking difference? Buying nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. you know what I mean? Yeah, what's essentially the they're making you buy uh, that road outside that has tons right. of potholes and right. bums picking cans out of my... <laughs> right, so uh, you're going to balk at the government making you buy yeah, at least you At least you get something this <laughs> right. time. Instead, I yeah, I get like a, a auxiliary gym built and you know I don't have any kids or right. get something built that I never would use or see yeah i mean they're gonna take your money one way or the other building stadiums and shit let's say you don't like football if you're one of these blaspheming philistines yeah let's say you're a tool who doesn't doesn't like football that doesn't like football (laughs) they're fucking gonna tax the shit out of la to build this fucking farmer's field bullshit yeah who's gonna make all the money some bitch-ass insurance company or aig or whatever the fuck yeah them yeah you're gonna charge us yeah, I love this. You're going to charge the city of Los Angeles to build the stadium because, oh, it's going to create jobs and whatever. Yeah, what, a guy selling popcorn and slinging beer for $9 an hour, and you're not even allowed to tip the beer guys? I mean, and it's their own fault. They're trying to sell, you know, they're trying to sell, like, a beer for $12. So they're, they're really in a bind. You take it out on the beer guy. You're like, <laughs> it's, not, it's not his fault. But they, they sell it to you. Oh, it's going to create so much revenue, and uh, maybe it does a little bit or whatever. And then they charge you. To, they charge you a seat license just for the chance at buying a season ticket. Right, right. Well, that's what me and my girlfriend uh, – and my girlfriend is super great, by the way. And I'm glad that homegirl is your girlfriend now. That's cute. That's yeah. the cutest thing ever. <laughs> um, uh, basically, oh, me and my girlfriend were fucking arguing when the replacement refs were just in full effect. Yeah. And uh, the, after the Jennings catch, non-catch, whatever you want to call it, uh, a Golden Tate – Golden Tate. Can we talk about this kid's name? Anyway, sure. Uh, no, I, I I did a I do a um I do a sports gambling blog now for MTV, and uh, I I went for that joke right away. I was like, is it you know Golden Tate? Obviously, sounds like Golden Tate, and I was like, that is the perfect name if you ever start an adult film. Like, hey, I'm Golden Tate. <laughs> Sean Green, the man with the golden taint. <laughs> Gold, like, no, yeah, uh, uh, but yeah. So uh, what we're we talking about? Okay, yeah, we were talking about that shit, and uh, she was saying, "Well, they're gonna lose money if these officials keep being dick faces and blah blah blah." And I'm like, "Bitch, are you serious? They're not gonna lose any fucking money. Those refs could be shitty for twelve weeks. Yeah. They would not lose one fucking cent because as soon as your dumbass leaves the stadium and, and decides to sell your season ticket, guess what? A billion motherfuckers are in line to, to get what you had. So yeah, they exactly. can watch this inferior product, supposedly. Now, I do agree that that catch and all that stuff kind of did spur them to go, all right, well, if it's going to cost $52,000 per team, 
to fucking pay these asshole <laughs> refs. Let's I think do finally, this. finally, the publicity was just overwhelming. But it was never, right. it was never a dollar thing. The NFL is, has so much leverage over everyone because they, you're buying into a product that like my dad liked, my grandfather liked. You know, it's like it gets passed down from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. You almost feel obligated to watch it. You're kind of it's just so connected to so many people. How is NASCAR bigger than football? NASCAR makes more money each year, and it's a larger team sport than than fucking football. Because there's which logos blew my all mind. over everyone's uniform, which is a that's true. Car. Yeah, I guess they oh, yeah. yeah, I guess they make a lot off of that. And uh, but like just as consumer dollars though, like people going to go see it and shit. I, I just couldn't imagine that. But I, I saw it on like Forbes.com or something. They did the top sports. What NASCAR is killing football everybody. Would, football I would think, be great if you could. Pull up in a Winnebago and sit on the well, top so, and drink some beer. And sometimes they do. It. Supposedly now in like uh, up in Buffalo, like the guys start tailgating from Friday night. They just park their RVs and just tailgate from Friday till after the game on Sunday. Oh yeah. But I think I think honestly, it's uh, NASCAR and stuff like that. It's more of a Southern like good old boy thing. I, I don't know. I never I never really got NASCAR. But yeah, the the ref thing. Um, everyone saw that uh, controversial catch. It was weird because I um, I had bet on Seattle, so I was going crazy because I, <laughs> I won my bet off this catch that shouldn't have been a catch. But then also I was just immediately scared because I knew like the gambling negative gambling karma I had created by winning this mm-hmm. bet. It was just like, no, some this money's going to be gone right away. Well, no, I, what I what I liked about the replacement refs. I, there was a couple good things about the replacement refs that nobody talks about. A, they let people play. I, yeah. I, the, this whole like oh fucking you grab the guy a little bit on the outside of his jersey like come on get out of here and like like certain like way late hits on quarterbacks and shit I was like oh yeah like get him fuck him yeah <laughs> you know what I mean but uh but uh, overall it was just they fucked up the flow of the game and their constant tribunals to fucking <laughs> try to get shit right it's like all right all right was that an offsides or are aliens coming out of my ass yeah they Let's called talk stuff about uh, they I remember the one guy called something on the red team. <laughs> 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 there was one on Sunday where the guy was like, uh, that's 10, 10 yard penalty. They, they're going to take the penalty third down. And you're like, it's second down. Yes. Oh, 10 my- minutes later, they're like, <laughs> they're not going to take the penalty at second down. And then you're like, no, they, they took the penalty. <laughs> <laughs> Remember? You just said it. It was like, and that 27 yard penalty thing. in that Minnesota game or whatever kind of game. It was, was a 27 yard penalty. What yeah. game was that? Like, who, who the fuck ever assessed a 27 <laughs> yard penalty? 27. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, and it's, oh, well, first off, the, uh, the commissioner for the Lingerie Football League had a crowbar in that. I guess some of the refs that were working in the NFL were guys that had gotten kicked out of the Laundry Football League for not making the right calls. And that was just – I mean, obviously <laughs> the guy's just trying for some publicity, but that is just hilarious to me. Right. That's got to really bum you out when <laughs> the commissioner of the Laundry Football League throws you under the bus. Or just the fact that who is watching this Laundry Football League close enough to realize, like, calls aren't being made? First yeah. off, they're in lingerie. <laughs> What kind of calls are you missing? Like, obviously, if the chick pulls down the top, you're not going to notice that. Like, what? How are you missing these calls? And who cares about these games enough to complain? I mean, and what kind of calls do you call in the fucking uh, lingerie league? It's like, oh, she whore tackled her. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, she whore collared her. That would have been better. Damn it. Fuck that up. <laughs> she whore collared her. Illegal cleavage on the offense. <laughs> Five yard penalty. Replay first down. Yeah, no, it was um, it was a debacle of all sorts, but it did add 
you know, you talk about like, oh, they're going to lose money. No, because everyone was talking about it. So even random fans or people who weren't exactly that's what I was just kind of like, oh, hey, I'll watch the Super Bowl. All of a sudden, they see guys joking around on the Today Show, or it's in like Jimmy Kimmel's monologue or Jay Leno's mm-hmm. monologue, and they're like, "Oh wow, well maybe I'll watch this Monday Night Game." And then they Dude. see a couple bad calls, like, "Yeah, I mean, it wasn't is- they were never going to lose. NFL was never going to fucking lose. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, maybe Roger Goodell, uh, the commissioner, people are mad at him, but he works for the owners, and the owners were the ones who locked these referees. Hey, out. that's what I fucking said to her. Thank you, Sean. You should have been in our bedroom." <laughs> After our sexual I congress, <laughs> you're in a big pile of clothes. No, like after our after our sexual congress, you should have came out and refereed our argument about the referees. That would have been now, great. You, your girlfriend. Um, we were just talking before we did the podcast. She likes sports. She likes fantasy football. Now, there, this can go two two uh, two ways. Either hey, it's something cool we can talk about. We're both into, or is it like? Oh, come on. This is my thing. You know, stay, well, go no, do girly I, I, stuff. I never am like that. The only thing is, she's such a fucking San Francisco homer. It's ridiculous. Like, the, they, San Francisco has never lost a game on their own merits. <laughs> Not fucking ever. You know what I mean? And just, like, shit like that just bothers me. But that's just like if you were fucking some other kind of homer. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. Like a Laker homer. I would rather have her be a San Francisco homer than a Laker homer, bitch. I would hate that. Be, Man, Kobe didn't rape that girl. Shut up, bitch. It happened eight <laughs> years ago. And yeah, he did. No. I, I don't know, know if uh, – I don't know. I, um, I was at a show and I heard no, Alonzo Bowden had a great uh, Kobe Bryant joke. He's like, Kobe Bryant's wife stayed with him after he went on trial for raping a woman. Eight years later, Kobe, Kobe Bryant's wife divorced him. He's like, what the hell did he do? <laughs> like <laughs> – like she stayed with him through the rape trial, but then something must have happened that she's like, "All right, now I got to go." Yeah, yeah. That ten years went up so that she could get half his fucking money. Oh yeah, maybe it was a, maybe it was an alimony thing or something. But in regards to though, yeah, like uh, and one thing I just got to say, I'm glad uh, for to talk for one second about the Lakers. Sure. Um, I think that the the next season of the Lakers is going to be great. I think if Dwight Howard comes back about 75%, we'll be fine. If he's a position player, if he just plays his position, guys about 18 boards, 16, 18 boards, blocks a couple shots, and just dunks when he gets the ball, I think the Lakers will be fine. I think it's Steve Nash's back that's going to be the big fucking issue. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's Kobe Bryant's willingness to let the other people run the team a little bit and let him be just this deadly motherfucker. You know what yeah. I mean? Throw me the ball. I'm deadly as fuck. Like, if you pick for me and I get, like, a window, I'll blast all day. You know, I don't have to take dudes off the dribble anymore. This is going to be Christmas. If he, if he feels like that, it's going to be great. If he feels like, yo, I'm going to lead this team of all-stars, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's going to suck. That's, I, I feel Kobe like it might be a little bit more of the second. Kobe in the Olympics did some of that shit. Like, you got all these balling-ass niggas on your team. I am, I'm black, by the way. That's you got all these balling-ass niggas on your we're team. Little, yeah, people didn't know early on. They heard the comic book talk. They were <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> could go either way. You got all these balling-ass dudes on your team, and you're forcing up. Bullshit He's, against fucking Lithuania and shit. You know, just, I, yeah, I think stop. I think Coach K had the same pep talk. He's like, <laughs> Kobe, you got all these balling ass headwords. Spread the ball around. <laughs> so I just wanted to talk about that. Like that, that's going to really be the thing. It isn't about Dwight Howard or none of that bullshit. If Dwight Howard is eighty percent of the player he was everywhere else the rest of his career, they'll be fine. If if Steve Nash plays 
90 percent yeah i mean they can just run pick and roll with steve nash and dwight howard and then just set up kobe as like a mid-range jumper and he doesn't have to do anything if they do that they'll be fine anton jameson's on their bench now that dude has never scored less than 15 points a game anywhere and he's been on like eight teams yeah 14 different systems yeah he scores 15 points every game regardless you know what i mean that that kind of punch off our bench we haven't had that shit since fucking the james worthy days you know what I mean? Like a real good bench player? We haven't had that forever. So, but but Laker fans are some of the worst fucking people <laughs> in the world. Exactly. When you, when you talk to them, all they know is Kobe, Kobe, Kobe. That's all they know is Kobe's jock size. They don't know anything about fucking basketball. You don't. They don't know a pick and roll from a fucking hole in the ground. <laughs> no. So, just, I fucking well, love it's a, the Lakers, I mean, it's and I just the Laker epitome fans. of this of Los Angeles. You know, it's just like, hey, it's. The Lakers have stars. I mean, it started with Magic Johnson's Showtime, and it's just kind of gone on until they got Shaq. But they they played great basketball. That's the thing I fucking despise about that shit. They played great basketball. They played tenacious ass fucking defense. So they go, (laughs) they were always fast breaking. You can't play, you can't fast break without good defense. That that no, I mean, I think that was a good. uh, You know, everyone wanted to say like, why Mike Brown? But he's kind of what a more defensive minded coach. You bring Mm -hmm. him in. Yeah, I mean, it sets up a lot of opportunities on the other end of the core form. Right. So, yeah, I, to get all the way back, I'd rather have her be a San Francisco homer and be like a little fat little man sit, <laughs> sitting up in bed with her fucking robe on and her laptop. And she's got a fucking, like, uh, that green cream mask on and shit. And she's fucking typing on her computer, making lineup changes. I need to take Maurice Jones Drew out this year because blah, 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 blah. It's like, ah, fuck. I'd rather deal with that than some Laker fan bitch in a Cobra jersey who doesn't know shit about basketball. Yeah. Well, that that is that's bullshit. yeah. I think in and anything that's the most annoying part is someone who's kind of fake or phony or yeah. They they kind of put on the idea. Oh hey yeah, I like sports. Were you cry? Have you ever cried because of this team? If you haven't cried because of this team, then I don't consider you a real fan. Right. Like you should show me the TV remotes you've chucked at stuff. Right. Told, right. Give me a list of things you've broken because of this team, and then I'll start hearing that you're a sports fan. Right. Oh, and by the way, I am from Kansas City. Big ups to Kansas City for defeating probably the worst team <laughs> in the league. But fuck it. You know what I mean? Like New Orleans I, Saints, yeah. But the, and the thing is, oh, this is my, this is my sur- summation. Uh, maybe people will say, oh, everything I said this whole podcast was wrong. If they listen to this podcast and I'm wrong, don't hold everything else I said sure. against me. But here's the thing. I think New Orleans has a decent chance to beat the Packers, and I'll tell you why. Here the we go. The Packers are, are going to press so much. They got jobbed last game, supposedly, all this, all these feelings. You know, when you're, <laughs> yeah. when you're, when you're playing sports, if you're, if you're holding on too tight, you can fucking fail. If you're so motivated that you kind of blow your gaskets out. You know what I mean? If you're too pressing too hard or trying too hard. And too New much Orleans, expectations. New Orleans has, I mean, every reason to want to fucking defeat a good team. They've lost three straight games. They've been close games, it seems like. I haven't seen New Orleans get blown out yet, have they? Um, yeah, well, they kind of got worked in, um, I mean, Redskins and Carolina losses, they kind of... I mean, they scored late, so that both those games they only lost by eight points, but it was like clearly the game was out of hand before they had right. gotten back. I think New Orleans' problem is the whole coach thing. They don't have a coach. They can't make halftime adjustments. Their defense is awful. I, I do agree that this New Orleans team, I feel like they've already written their season off, or, or people have. So they're coming in with literally nothing to lose. Literally nothing to lose with a team that's going to press really and hard. And Green Bay's offense has really looked like crap. But I, I well, just, their defense has looked even more crappy than their offense. The yeah. offense is, is a little bit mistimed. Yeah. The defense is just plain bad. 
the uh, Green Bay's defense is bad. It'll be it, yeah, it'll be an interesting game. Right now, the spread seven and a half. I'm kind of leaning Green Bay. Um, just because I think I, Green Bay will win, but I I think I'm going to take the points. You take for the New points. Orleans. I think All I right. have to take take the points for New That Orleans. will be funny if people are like, you know what? He was he was wrong about Green Bay, but he was right about people that small group of people controlling America. And then like, <laughs> that'll be funny. Like eventually, like two months from now, like the you know the, the Illuminati take over the world, and they're like, why didn't we listen to Ed Greer? Ah, well, he, he said the Saints were going to cover seven and a half, so figured <laughs> he had his head up his asshole. If, why well, listen to other horse shit? He talked about politics and who's running America. The guy can't even pick a game to save his life. I'm not going to listen to him. No, and like I said, and I don't think that's some lead pipe lock or anything, but I just really feel like everybody, when everybody's leaning towards one thing, I got I to gotta go the other way. You know? Well, now to combine all these ideas, I was listening to uh, Bill Simmons' podcast. He uh, does mm. a podcast for ESPN. And He's they, amusing. Yeah. You know, he does a little pop culture musings. You know, talks sports gambling, blah blah blah, and I guess a reader uh, on his uh, of his column sent in this idea. Now this was before the refs came back to work, and he go the reader's idea was like, this is Mitt Romney's chance to win the election. He should just whatever it is, cut a check for fifty million dollars and say, I'm bringing these refs back personally, as oh. some sort of like, or even it could have been like even a corporation like. Uh, One hey, of his so, shell corporations in yeah, the fucking exactly. Cayman Islands. <laughs> yeah. uh, what is a what's it? Bain Capital? Put these refs <laughs> brought to you by Bain Capital. <laughs> the refs brought to you by Bain Capital. Uh, yeah, we just came in here to uh, destroy the game <laughs> from the inside out. We're still going to collect our paychecks and then watch this game burn, baby. <laughs> no, um, just empty stadiums. For I mean. I, I'm sure it violates all these like campaign finance laws and the NFL would never go for it. But really like that would win over the casual fan of like, Hey, I mean, honestly, I remember when, um, Obama was running and I was kind of, I was probably going to pick Obama. And, uh, but I, as far as Republicans go, I kind of like John McCain. I like that. He was I like that. He served the country. I like his military background. I thought he's pretty reasonable on a lot of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I was, kind of, I was. I mean, when he picked Sarah Palin, that's when I got off the wagon. But another thing was that they uh, they were interviewing both presidential candidates. I think on like Monday Night Football or whatever, and they were like, uh, as a sports fan, if you could do one thing, what would it be? And John McCain was like, Well, I clean up these PEDs, and I think it's ruining the game. And I'm like, boring. And then Obama came on. And he's like, You know. I would just set up a uh, college playoff system for football. Like, why do we not have a playoff system in college football? I'm Boom. Like, yes, exactly. This Barack Obama genius. is the smartest man alive. Dude, well, how, well, how do you feel about this so-called playoff system that they're setting up for, like, what, 2014? Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be at least four teams. So, I don't know. It, so- it sounds – it sounds better than, you know, what we got going out. It, apparently. It's still going to be 100 bowl games. Yeah, there's still going to be 100 bowl games. But at least now if you get the top four and they play each other, you have a, it's a little bit more of a fair thing. I don't know. I think like eight teams would be perfect. But I just hate how they're pretending like, oh, well, if we add to the college football season, how will it impact their studies? <laughs> yeah, that was These motherfuckers <laughs> don't really go to school. They're mercenaries. Well, you know what the real thing is, and it's come out, there's been some lawsuits here and there, but all these bowls systems, all these bowl games operate as nonprofits. 
Fiesta Bowl, what? Orange Bowl, operate as nonprofits. And these directors of these Fiesta Bowls or whatever, I just remember the Fiesta Bowl, was making 600000 a year as the director of the Fiesta Bowl when even they, they were like, okay, best case scenario, you're the head of a nonprofit this size, blah, blah, blah. Maybe you make two hundred grand. This guy's making like six hundred fifty grand, expensing wow. like lap dances, whatever. So that's the real thing is like they got this system set up where everyone's getting a nice chunk of change. They got it all worked out. Whether or not their game means shit or not. <laughs> and how is that a non- how money. is that a nonprofit? How can you make that much money, clearly for entertainment purposes, and say it's any I think they just do it under the guise of like, hey, these kids this one guy went to an archery class once. He, he's getting an education and he's playing school sports. It's like, no. Uh, no, the history of knife throwing is not getting a college degree. Arrow painting. It's like, what? No, you put, a, you put a blood pack on the end of an arrow, you shoot it at a target, it makes some kind of Jackson Pollock. You get an A. Yeah, they, these guys should have to do like a live presentation. If we're gonna if we're gonna let these bulls operate as nonprofits, then we should make th- these players go, all right, what did you learn? And do like an oral presentation. Some sort <laughs> of like, yeah. after the game's over, you have to engage in a live like math decathlon or <laughs> and just expose it for what a sham it was. It's fine. They're, they're young, ripped athletes who are playing for entertainment purposes. That's fine. It's not fine to run it as a nonprofit. No, I agree with that. And the, one, the other thing I, I don't agree with, um, I fuck, I lost it. No, I, 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 don't, I don't get college football in a lot of ways, but I really do think, yeah, playoff system isn't there. And what's up with these fuckers, these schools, making their own schedules? Fuck that. Yeah. No. There should be the, – the competition committee or whatever the hell they got in college football needs to make everybody's schedule. Because you look at Notre Dame's schedule or one of these dudes, there's like 27 cup ta- – I know they only play like 14 games or like fucking 10 games or whatever. Yeah. But the bottom line is they – Get so many pussy ass teams and destroy them and falsely inflate their numbers for See, this. Yeah, that's what that's what's poll. annoying about. Fuck that poll too. Fuck your top twenty five. <laughs> your top twenty five don't mean shit. Number eight just lost to fucking Washington. No, I fuck know. Fuck your poll. Your poll's stupid. Yeah, it's a personality <laughs> contest, and that's the whole thing. These guys already are popular enough. Yeah, yeah I mean, just the Dude, idea. That top twenty five shit. How the fuck? Is there a top 25 in college basketball and college football before they played one fucking game? I know. How does that's that so, – how was yeah, that? That's really... I went to Oklahoma and we were – we always started off at number one every single year. <laughs> yeah, it's just like what for? And we, ne- we only won one national championship and ever since then we were ranked number one and we never went back. Or when we Dude. did go back, we choked because we were out of our league. Dude, how, how was USC number two when they just lost to some dudes who were like number 17 and those dudes who were number 17 moved up to number eight who got beat by some dudes who aren't even on top 25? None of that shit means anything. I hate that. There was that one sucks. Year, there was one year where Oklahoma lost to Kansas State. We lost our own conference and then we went on to play for the national championship. Dude, exactly. <laughs> Kansas didn't. It yeah. was insane. Dude, it's it's like a it's like a, a, a chick with a fucking leprosy wins the goddamn you know beauty pageant because her dad is rich. That's that's basically what happens with these. Or, or because her mom. Was that would a that would really champion. be awesome. I would just love to see uh, Donald Trump taking out Miss America on these like you know promotional tours. <laughs> like limbs are falling off. <laughs> It's just fugly. That was a pre-existing medical condition. Uh, unfortunately, it will be covered by Obamacare. <laughs> <laughs> Call back. There you go. Call back. I feel like uh, feel like we uh, yeah, got a good pod going. Uh, Ed, appreciate your time, man. 
Thanks for coming in. What's uh, what's kind of we didn't really get into your career. What's what's going on? Real good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Late well, on us. What are you doing? Where are we going? Um, what's well, happening? Here, here, here is the deal. I have really fully embraced what a fucking nerd I am. Yes. And I did Kamikaze recently, which is Stan Lee's answer to Comic-Con. Like, Comic-Con got too pop for the nerds, <laughs> I guess, since they started having Buffy and, and cool, fucking though, Twilight like, and shit. He is King Nerd. Well, yeah. Like, he's, so, he's got all these movies. All these movies coming out are Stan dude, Lee. Characters. I mean, but that's the thing. That, that's the thing I wanted to say just very briefly. This whole conception that nerd culture is some niche... Look! Look at the scoreboard. You know? <laughs> Just ironically, yeah. something a nerd never yeah. says. Well, no, I, I told you I have all the powers, none of their weaknesses. Exactly. Look at the fucking scoreboard. Biggest movie last year, motherfucking comic book movie. Second biggest movie, comic book movie. Third biggest movie, comic book movie. Look at the fucking scoreboard. There is no niche. It's not niche. It's regular pop culture now. Everything that I'm talking about and have been talked about for years is now the mainstream of fucking comedy. So it's time for me to make some motherfucking money. Exactly. Yeah. So like that, that that's basically what is going on with my career. I did Kamikaze. I headlined a show there. We had like 300 fucking people there. It was badass. It's at, awesome. LA, at the L.A. Convention Center. Uh, I, you know... I'm really making inroads at the Laugh Factory of my clip. Uh, Batman and Superman. I talked about Batman and Spider-Man in a, in a Laugh Factory clip. It's got like 50,000 hits. Oh, in like awesome. A few weeks, I'll put a, I mean? put a link on the uh, podcast page. You know, so all this sort of shit is happening, and it's going really well, and I'm really happy about it. And I'm uh, supposedly going to write on a show next year. So, oh, I mean, th- what's the, uh, can you reveal it? What's the, I uh, can't reveal it just yet. I don't want to jinx it. You know how it yeah. is. No, that is <laughs> I'm just like... sports enough to be superstitious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't want to, you don't want to announce your, uh, you're going, you're definitely going oh. to the Super Bowl until it happens. But well, yeah, if they listen to it before October 2nd, I will be at the Melrose Improv okay. on October 2nd on a show called the flyover show. Cause I, as you stated, I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. It's going to be me. Kansas City, Missouri. 1025 yep. is a, uh, affiliate for 24 seven comedy. Yep. So. I'm going to be on there with, uh, Duncan Trussell and, uh, Eddie Pepitone. Oh, awesome. And a few other cats. So Sweet. it's going to be great. That's over at the Improv? Yep, Melrose Improv. Sweet. Well, make sure you check that out. Ed's a very funny comedian, uh, especially live. So make sure you check him out. Logan, you want to uh, wrap things up with the haiku? Let's do it. Cue that music. Lingerie rejects the congruency theories, the bees, and the bees. All right, nice work, Logan. Thanks again, Ed, for coming on the show. Thank, Thank you, everyone, you so for tuning in. Make sure you go to SeanTGreen.com, where we do it live every week. This has been The Green Room.